Broadcasting live from the KVXL studios at Liberty Baptist Church in Las Vegas. Freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. The Frittle Show with Crystal Heath. I've said that we must be cautious in claiming God is on our side. I think the real question we must answer is, are we on his side? Faith, family, freedom. For me, it's very simple. I think we've got to, we've got to get the country back on the right track with the most inspiring agenda. A voice in the desert. Now, here's Crystal Heath. Extra, extra, read all about it, except you can't. You are going to listen all about it because this is not a newspaper. This is, in fact, radio. And I'm Crystal Heath. You're listening to The Frittle Show on KVXL 11.1 FM, Experience Liberty Radio from Liberty Baptist Church in Las Vegas. So glad to have you with us here today. Don't forget to join us Sunday for church, 9.30 or 11.15 Sunday morning, 7 p.m., Wednesday nights had a great service last night. I uh, hope you were here able to join us for that. Uh, we're just gonna we're gonna run through a whole lot of headlines today because there wasn't you know sometimes I'll, I'll take one topic and kind of just focus in on that on Thursdays with some uh, some news headlines sprinkled in but there's not this week there wasn't uh, a main theme topic for me that was just burning in my soul that I felt we needed to have a conversation about. So for this week, we're just going to do headlines. We're going to start uh, here in the U.S. with some stuff that's happening nationally. Uh, then we'll move to the international news, and then we'll talk about some things happening culturally, uh, both here and around the world. But uh, that's just to kind of fill you in as to what is going to be happening on the program today. First off, uh, horrible, horrific uh, tornadoes in the southeast last week actually was it last last weekend i'm not good at time frames but uh alabama in specifically in specifically why all of a sudden can i not talk i'll tell you why because the article that i was reading uh just went to um uh the whole oops your time has expired here let us give uh let us give you uh, a survey to do or you can pay us money to continue reading our things so I had to pull up a different one and then my brain couldn't do two things at once alright so an EF4 tornado brought 170 mile per hour winds and left a track almost a mile wide amid storms that killed 23 people in Alabama according to CNN uh, East Alabama residents have rallied around each other amid the destruction spawned by the deadliest US tornado since 2013 one of the tornadoes that ripped through Lee County was upgraded Monday to an EF4 after meteorologists determines it brought 170 mile per hour winds left left a track almost a mile wide and at least 24 miles long. It also crossed into Georgia. Officials there are still assessing the damage, uh, but uh, the vast majority of the, the gross devastation has happened in Alabama. Again, the worst tornado since 2013. The death toll stands at 23 people. Six people have yet to be... Uh, um, uh, excuse me, not six people. Three children are among those killed in Alabama. They were six, nine, and ten. The last tornado with such a high death toll was the EF5 storm in Moore, Oklahoma, that killed 24 people in 2013. 
The youngest victim of this storm was Armando Hernandez, who was remembered as a precious little man that was loved by everyone. Uh, Taylor Thornton was a fourth grade student described as inquisitive and a positive influence on all those around her. I hope that you are praying for these families that lost uh, loved ones in the storms, that lost uh, their homes, that lost everything that they had. Uh, that uh, I, I I can't imagine this kind of devastation. You know, tornadoes are one of those things that I've just never been able to wrap my mind around how how you live in a tornado area. You know, I I, I grew up with my grandparents living uh, having a, a house on the beach in the Outer Banks, and so hurricanes. I get hurricanes. Uh, I've I've been in some hurricanes. Hurricanes, okay. Um, I can deal with hurricanes. I can deal with blizzards. I grew up in blizzards. Um, But tornadoes and tsunamis, those are both two things that I've just never been able to wrap my head around how you deal with something like that. It's just a tunnel of... of, Maybe it's because I'm not from that area, but it's hard to look at the devastation of something like this and and even imagine it, let alone think how... I mean, I just... uh, there's such a huge, I mean, Tornado Alley, people that live in Tornado Alley, I've, I've never, I don't, I mean, special grace is needed, I think. But maybe it's just something that they're used to living with, I don't know. But to me, tornado devastation, tsunami uh, devastation, um, some of, in my opinion, the worst, and it, it, I just, I can't, I can't even imagine what these families are going through that have just lost everything. I mean, if you were in that stretch where the tornado touched down, it is it is all gone. And uh, I hope um, that you are praying for these families. Uh, look for uh, Samaritan's Purse is a great way uh, to, if you are able or feel called to, to help out financially here. Of course, the Red Cross, uh, personally, I'm not a huge fan there because of all of the overhead and how much of your money actually ends up going. Uh, to the disaster area itself but uh, Samaritan's Purse in my opinion is an excellent organization if that's something uh, that you feel called to do or there's also ways you can go with Samaritan's Purse and other organizations if you can't give money but you have time and you can go help people rebuild that is another uh, great opportunity uh, for us to serve our our fellow Americans there that are just hurting and suffering but please please pray uh, for these families especially for those who lost uh, loved ones and uh, and children in that horrific uh, tornado, 20, 23 people uh, gone in one tornado. So, so sad. And our thoughts and our prayers do go out uh, to them. Also sad, the, uh, the abortion culture that we have come to be part of here in this country, but... But, as I've mentioned before, I think that we are headed in the right direction. I think the worst, uh, or not the worst, but the worse it gets, the more unfathomable it gets, the more we push this brink of infanticide. It's not even the brink anymore, we're just, we're living in it. Uh, the more people will start to stand up and say, whoa, wait a second, I don't, I don't agree with that. I don't think that's right. I don't, I, we shouldn't be murdering babies. That's something that you'll see more and more. And 
one of my favorite football players. I was so sad that the Saints didn't uh, didn't make the Super Bowl because I really wanted Drew Brees and this guy, Benjamin Watson, uh, to get a Super Bowl ring with the Saints. Benjamin Watson, an incredible, uh, incredible Christian testimony. He spoke out at uh, at CPAC last week about uh, you know when the when the New York Legislature uh, passed what they did and then they cheered. Um, he said, quote, I watched in horror, as many of you did, as New York legislators cheered like they were at the Super Bowl when the bill passed to allow the killing of babies up until birth. I watched that in horror. Sixty million people have been killed since Roe versus Wade. We always have to steer to the truth that life begins at conception. We need to be pro-whole life people. He also stressed the importance of family, saying, quote, Family is a gift ordained by our Creator. It should be cherished, not mocked, upheld, not ridiculed, held together, not torn apart. The strength of our families will ensure our future, or it will condemn it. He said we are dying as a culture, and it will only improve when people start understanding the importance of family. He went on to quote Psalm 127, uh, one of, if not the best speeches of CPAC this year, in my opinion, and I was just encouraged uh, by that. It's not in any way out of character for Benjamin Watson, just a a phenomenal guy, but when we see... um, men and women using a platform that God has given them, whether that be in sports or politics or something else, to champion uh, the cause of life or other Judeo-Christian causes, we should be standing alongside them. We should be applauding them. Uh, We should be promoting their message because it is our message. And uh, Benjamin Watson, great guy. I loved that he stood up at CPAC, which isn't, and for uh, some of you that are familiar with the history of CPAC might understand what I'm saying, but it's not as conservative as it once was, all right? There's a lot of um, causes and organizations that are a part of CPAC now that have never been in the past and would never have been in the past uh, that are are conservative but not uh, not culturally conservative, if you will. And so this is not something that's just a a slam dunk even necessarily at CPAC anymore to stand up and say uh, that life begins at conception. This is this is something that it, it while it's a friendly audience, it's not um, it's not like going to Disneyland, <laughs> shall we say? So kudos to Benjamin Watson uh, for this one again. Uh, like I said, I think the best speech of CPAC. Uh, President Trump gave his longest speech of his presidency at CPAC last weekend. Vice President Pence also gave a, a very good, uh, very good address. Glenn Beck, I thought, did it well. Um, you can go and watch. Most of those are on YouTube and at CPAC's website if you're interested in that. But uh, speaking of politics here in our country, a poll, a new poll, has revealed what qualities voters are most uncomfortable with in their president. And uh, it comes with very, very bad news for Senator Bernie Sanders because among the top... <laughs> The top uh, we don't like issue, uh, just 4% of registered voters are enthusiastic about socialist or candidates over the age of 75. 43% said they have reservations about candidates over the age of 75. Just uh, 21% said they would be comfortable with socialists. So the, the the main, the biggest things that people were uncomfortable with in a presidential candidate <laughs> were those over the age of 75 and those who are socialists. I don't know if you understand this, but 
Uh, Bernie Sanders would be both of those things. Sanders is 77 years old. Interestingly, though, uh, Joe Biden, former vice president, is also over 75. He's 76 years old. Interestingly, uh, then there are those that are pushing the socialist angle, um, like Cory Booker, like Kamala Harris. They're kind of uh, hitching their wagon to AOC, if you will, and embracing some of the more extremist views of the party. So this is a, this this poll does not bode well for many uh, of the Democratic candidates that we are seeing at this point. Okay, but according to the survey, registered voters will be most enthusiastic to vote for a person of color or a woman. However, the least reservations that people have is voting for white men. So I, you'd be most so essentially what people would like to have is they would like to have somebody that would make them uh, excited about the election, and what they think is the person that would make them excited about the election is either a person of color or a woman. However, the one that they would be most uh, that they would have the least reservations about, that we'd be most comfortable voting for, their comfort vote uh, would be a white man. But they're hoping for an exciting vote as for a person of color or a woman, uh, according to who did this poll? Um, I think it was the Washington, no, Wall Street Journal. It's an NBC Wall Street Journal poll. So really interesting. And uh, if if Democrats are paying attention to this, they should um, maybe make some changes. All right. You don't a socialist isn't going to do well, most likely. An old person is probably not going to do well. Someone who is younger, someone who is connected. And this is why, you know, people make fun of her left and right. And honestly, sometimes I do too, because she just comes up with crazy ideas and says crazy things. But I'm telling you, she's she is just building a base for herself. The name recognition is through the roof. Left and right can't stop talking about her. Um... And that's Alexandria, Alexandra Ocasio-Cortez. Like AOC is 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 positioning herself as the potential uh, face of the Democratic Party, and in many ways, a possible uh, future Trump. Which, by the way, uh, she <laughs> she let her colleagues know, which you know, Nancy Pelosi and Democrats' leadership in Congress is not exactly. Uh, thrilled with this woman right now because she let her Democratic colleagues know that she is making a list. Checking it twice. Gonna find out who's naughty. No. Um, she is making a list. If you are a moderate Democrat, if you're not towing the line, if you're not supporting her policies, she says that she is going to keep a list. Ah, <laughs> oh, Yes. Liberal Representative Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, according to the Washington Post, is threatening to put those voting with Republicans on a list for a primary challenge. She said that she will help liberal activists unseat them in the 2020 election if they do not vote for, or if they vote with the Republicans at all. She said that she didn't actually threaten them. And in a tweet said that Democrats were inadvertently making a list of targets for the GOP and for progressive advocates. So she uh, she literally told them that she's going to add themselves, that they are putting themselves on a list 
on her list and then was like, well, no, actually, it's not about the list that I'm making and that I'm going to primary you if you don't vote with us, which she said that she would. But then, then she walked it back when people were like, uh, what? And she was like, no, no, what I'm saying is that Republicans will target you. Okay, here's the thing. Generally speaking, Republicans' top targets are not Democrats that vote with them. I don't know if that just doesn't make sense in uh, Miss Cortez's world. Cortez, sorry, I combined her last two names together there in my brain, and that's how it came out. Uh, I don't know if she she realizes that this is not exactly how it works, but you know, uh, you're not a huge target. <laughs> If you vote with Republicans, and one of the reasons for that is because, generally speaking, that means you're more of a middle-of-the-line Democrat, and you'll probably get reelected because you're, you know, doing things that are seen as rational by your constituents and not just towing the party line. So that's, you know, just my thought, but AOC can take it or leave it. She doesn't generally listen to what I have to say, but maybe this time will be different. You know what else should be different? Your credit card debt. Okay, this is the last of our headlines uh, for our national news, and then we will take a break and go into uh, the international realms. But U.S. credit card debt, according to Bloomberg, has closed last year at a record $870 billion. $870 billion, the largest amount ever that the U.S population has been in credit card debt. Now, Bloomberg did point out in their report that the increase in credit card balances is consistent with seasonal patterns, but marks the first time credit card balances retouched the 2008 minimal or, or nominal peak. Nearly 480 million credit cards are now in circulation, up by more than 100 million since hitting bottom after the recession a decade ago. At the end of last year, credit cards were the fourth largest portion of consumer debt in the U.S. after mortgage, student loan, and auto debt. But the quarterly increase in credit card debt was faster than the other categories, overall debt reaching a record $13.5 trillion. What? What? Think about that now. So the average American has four, uh, four debt sources. Mortgage being the largest one. Okay. Student loan, second largest. All right. Auto loan, third largest. Okay. Fourth largest, credit card debt. New record high. And like they said, Bloomberg says, you know, this is not necessarily abnormal because people will sp tend to spend more around the holidays and they take a little bit of time to pay that back. But it is still the largest, the highest level of credit card debt we've ever seen and the fastest growing level of credit card debt we've ever seen. People are spending what they don't have. <laughs> Excuse me. And many times we're spending what we don't have on things that we don't need. This is a cultural phenomena. And it starts at the top. I mean, our national debt right now is just out of control. And we are spending ourselves into a ridiculous hole. And I could just spend a whole show on the national debt and why this is a problem and why we need to stop spending money we don't have. But alas, I'm not going to do that because I, I think the concept is simple. Alright, you're bringing in a certain amount of money in revenue 
that is the amount of money that you should be spending. And I know that, that there are those that would argue about, you know, well, we need to carry some debt because blah, 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 and we need to be able to be uh, spending this money that we know is coming in and we need to be doing this financially. Okay, all right, cool. I understand all of the of the money. I don't understand all of the money stuff, but I understand the issues surrounding, you know, what we need to be spending and we need to be da da da. Okay, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about what it boils down to. Like at its very core, the 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 spending and debt problem, okay? And I know we're not going to make the national debt go away overnight. I get that. But we don't have to keep adding to it. We are just we are we 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 have reached a ridiculous point in this country where we are just our spending levels are out of control. Both as a nation and as individuals. I mean, this study uh, is unbelievable. So my solution is this. First of all, every member of Congress has to go now through Dave Ramsey. We're going to have him make a special congressional uh, budget class. And he will help us understand. (laughs) And by us, I mean the members of Congress. That we should not be spending money if we don't have it. And then, and I'm I'm not, I'm very serious about this here. Um, If you are one of are one of the many many Americans struggling with credit card debt, struggling to get out of debt whether that is, you know, car loans, student loans, uh if your mortgage is more than you can handle, if you're uh, in credit card struggles, you need to take um Financial Peace University or or get his baby steps bundle, uh do something. Go to daveramsey.com. Lots of wisdom there on on financial planning. I don't know if Focus on the Family still has Money Matters. Uh, It used to be with Larry Burkett, something very similar, but from a more pointed Christian perspective. Um, You can go there as well. There are lots of uh, good tools. Um, Those would be the two, or maybe it's Money Life now. I don't remember. I I don't know what happened to it, Focus on the Family's program after Larry Burkett's death. But anyway, DaveRamsey.com. Get out, get control of your finances. Don't let your finances control you. It is amazing the freedom that you will have and experience once you, uh, once your money is no longer controlling your life and your decisions. Now, that's not to say that you can make whatever decisions you want and just spend, spend, spend. I'm just saying if you're constantly worried and concerned about money, then obviously uh, we have a problem. Okay. All right. We're going to take a quick break. When we return, we are going to talk about the news in Europe and the Middle East and Israel's doing some cool stuff. So don't go away. You're listening to KVXL 101.1 FM Experience Liberty Radio from Liberty Baptist Church in Las Vegas. All right, we're back. You're listening to The Frittle Show on KBXL 101.1 FM Experience Liberty Radio from Liberty Baptist Church in Las Vegas. Great to have you with us. Thank you so much for taking the time to be here because I know you could be anywhere. Well, you could be anywhere and still listening because it's radio. Although I'm sure it's not, uh, uh, you know, just anywhere that you would be listening. Anyway, um, this next story, I... I debated whether or not to even bring it up because it is a very uh, touchy, sensitive issue uh, for many, um, many people on both sides of this conversation are very 
uh, have very, very strong opinions about this issue. So I have opted to not actually give you my personal opinion on this. I am simply going to read you the study and then you do with it what you will. Okay? Um, I am not saying anything in favor or against what is I'm about to read. <laughs> and you're like, what is it already? You will understand as soon as I read the headline. And this is uh, the Blaze reported this. Um, major European study finds no link between vaccines and autism. A large study by researchers in Denmark shows no association between the MMR vaccine and autism. Again, I am simply reading the article. I am not going to comment on this one way or another. This is, you can go and research it more yourself, okay? Uh, a large study has shown, again, there's no possible link between the measles, mumps, rubella vaccine and autism. The new study, if we needed it, puts to rest once again that there is no association between the measles vaccine and autism, Dr. William Schaffner of Vanderbilt University Medical Center told CBS News. Researchers found there is no increased risk for autism in vaccinated children over those who were not vaccinated. It also showed that the MMR vaccine does not trigger autism in children who are at higher risk of developing the disorder. Researchers followed more than 657,000 children born before 1999 to December 2010, and the study has been published in the Annals of Internal Medicine. Some parents believe there is a link between childhood vaccinations, specifically MMR, and have refused vaccinations for their children. Because children have been withheld from vaccination, the measles disease has been reoccurring. It's been imported from other parts of the world, Schaffner said, and it finds the pockets of susceptible children and causes illness, also among children who are too young to be vaccinated. In 2000, measles was declared eradicated from the United States, but eight years later, outbreaks began to appear in communities of people who were not vaccinated. Since January 1st of this year, there have been at least 206 confirmed cases of measles across 11 states, according to the U.S. Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. Uh, and then it goes on to talk about what measles is, and uh, and then it concludes by saying more than 25 years ago, mercury preservatives were removed from childhood vaccines. The change showed no drop in the number of autism diagnoses. Researchers strongly recommend children or parents have their children vaccinated, and then it goes on to talk about uh, the MMR. Uh, vaccination and why it's recommended and so forth. And uh, look, again, I'm not saying one way or another. I know that there are a lot of uh, different reasons for people on both sides of this conversation as to why they do or do not vaccinate. I personally uh, believe in parental rights and parental freedom. So if you believe that your child uh, should be vaccinated, I fully support your decision to vaccinate your children because they are your children and you are responsible for them. And you are the one that has to give an account uh, to God for the way that you raise them and the decisions that you make. If you are, have decided that you do not want to vaccinate your children and that that is not what's best for them, I fully support your right to not vaccinate uh, your children because you are the one that is responsible to God for the decisions that are made for those children. All right, so I'm not going <coughs> to... Do I believe that there are caveats on both sides of this conversation? I do. I, I think that there is wisdom in holding off on, on certain levels of certain vaccinations. I also believe that there is wisdom in, uh, in having unvaccinated children. Uh, maybe, uh, um, I believe that, that organizations like schools and different things should be allowed to require uh, vaccinations or whatever uh, as part of their, their entrance. I, so I think that there should be, I think that if both sides could, um, could compromise a little, 
<laughs> and I feel so weird talking about this because I know it's so touchy, uh, such a touchy issue, and people are so passionate about this on both sides. Um, I, I am just providing you the information, okay? Major medical study is saying that there is no correlation between the MMR vaccine and autism. Take it, leave it, it's up to you. But uh, this study was done from 1999 to 2010 and uh, by, by um, and is now in the annals of internal medicine. Okay? All right. I don't need to have a, a an, if you would like to know more about my personal views on vaccinations, we can have that conversation sometime. Um, preferably in person. I won't talk to you about this on social media because it's so, yeah, no. Mm -mm. <laughs> there are some topics on social media that just are not worth touching with a 10-foot pole, kind of like the Grinch. To me, this is one of those issues. I'm, I'm not as leery of some political things, but this one, no. I will not. I will not. No. <laughs> I also will not discuss essential oils and the benefits possibly or possible lack of benefits mm -mm, not gonna happen it's just one of those things any kind of tier marketing thing not interested in talking to you about it on social media I will talk to you about these things in person but no you send me invites no the answer is just no so let's move on keeping in the realms of the international things that are happening around the globe Israel Israel has a uh what is this? A spacecraft. I was trying to find the technical name of it. The technical name is apparently a spacecraft. The Israeli spacecraft Bereshit, which was launched from here in the United States off of Cape Canaveral in Florida two weeks ago, uh, on its way to a planned moon landing last month, or next month rather. You can't get to a place that you hadn't even took off for yet. But anyway, it has taken its first space selfie. The selfie Space selfie was taken 20,000 miles away from Earth and shows the Southern Hemisphere and Australia. It's really pretty cool. So, um, I don't know how they did this exactly, but their spacecraft has like a little uh, card with an Israeli flag on it, uh, some Hebrew writing, and then in English it says small country, big dreams. It has the X Prize space too. So they've got like some advertising in here. They've got a cool catchy slogan. They've got the Israeli flag. And then in the background you see uh, the earth and you can see uh, the southern hemisphere and Australia, which is really, really cool to look at. With But anyway, it's just, it's, it's a cool picture. The image uh, was taken from the spacecraft, which will be slowly orbiting the Earth for the next month or so before it will be pulled by the gravitational force of the moon and the landing process will begin. Bereshit is scheduled to land on the moon on April 11th. I think it's pretty cool. I just think the spacecraft stuff is cool. I've never been... I mean, I, I think we need to put somebody on the moon again. I think that'd be cool. It hasn't happened in my lifetime that we've had a man walking on the moon and I just think with today's technology, it would just be... It'd be so cool. And I want to see it happen again. But, uh, you know, first we have to have a space force. And then maybe we can have a moon walker. But, uh, not Michael Jackson. S some of you... <laughs> okay, whatever. Um, let's see. How many more stories do I have on an international level? Uh, we'll just do one more international story. Then we'll get into some cultural things. 
um, some of which I are really excited to talk about. Two of them, the other ones are like, okay, guys. Um, but uh, first off, ISIS supporters around the world, according to PJ Media, uh, have rallied for a steep escalation in online jihad. ISIS-linked media groups are calling for their supporters to help expand the virtual caliphate by escalating media jihad on a variety of popular platforms. Mm-hmm. They are encouraging their uh, followers to, quote, support your state by saying help to expand, transfer, and share the official contents of the Islamic State to other platforms. And they direct people or their, their users to go to YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter specifically. Uh, and all three of these platforms have tried to crack down on Islamic State content for years which has uh, pushed some jihadis to Telegram channels and lesser-known platforms to distribute their propaganda and recruit members. But now ISIS is calling uh, for a resurgence, if you will, in online jihad, specifically YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter. Now, word to the wise for you parents, please be careful what your children are doing on the Internet. I mean, we had the whole Momo thing, uh, which is now seeming to die out, but you need to... Please, please monitor what your children are doing online. And there's a really, really cool new thing happening uh, to that regard as far as uh, children on the internet, which we will talk about when we return in just a few moments. You're listening to KBXL 101.1 FM Experience Liberty Radio from the Baptist Church in Las Vegas. All right, we are back. Final segment of the day talking about some cultural issues, cultural controversies, and things that shouldn't be controversial that somehow are. Like, for example, this one from the Daily Wire. Critics say that Will Smith isn't black enough to play black man in upcoming Williams Sisters film. What? No, it's true. Will Smith has been cast to play Serena and Venus's Williams' father, of course, the two uh, superstar tennis players uh, from here in the U.S. Some leftists are not happy about it. Apparently, Smith, a black man, is not black enough to play their father. Sports reporter Clarence Hill Jr., for example, was disappointed about the casting of Smith because colorism matters. He said, colorism matters. I love Will Smith, but there are other black actors for this role. Another aggravated Twitter user said, why is he always cast in roles portraying dark-skinned men like there aren't tons of black actors that would make more sense for the role? Another one posted was, not any other darker-skinned male character ever available. Someone else said, Scarlett Johansson might as well play Venus with this kind of mess casting. Okay, well, um, this is, this is pretty much crazy. Uh, I, I, I don't even, I don't even know, I don't even know, I don't even know what to say. Look, the the Williams' story is incredible. I mean, these women are just amazingly talented uh, ridiculously gifted tennis players. And uh, what their family went through and what they did, it's, it's, it's unbelievable. It's remarkable. And uh, it makes sense that they're making their life story into a movie. It should be a movie. And I think it will be a very successful one. In my personal opinion, 
on this, and people will disagree, and that's okay, but, you know, Will Smith, say what you will about him as, a, as, a, as an individual, he has some crazy stuff going on in his personal life, but as an actor, he's a very talented actor. And, you know, I, I, I think that, you know, maybe when a very talented actor is set to portray someone in a, in a film, like, it should maybe be, like, an honor to have, you know, Will Smith portraying you in a, in a movie. I don't, I mean, I, I, I just don't, uh, I don't even know how to comment on this. It's a black man, like, they literally said it's a black man that is not black enough. I don't, I don't, I, yeah, let's move on, let's move on, uh, this is another one where I'm just like, I'm sorry, what? So, um, yeah, <laughs> I don't know, I don't even know how to explain this one, uh, Parents, if you got your young kids listening, you may want to turn off the radio for just a couple of minutes. It's not, I'm not going to be graphic or anything, obviously, because I never am or try not to be, at least on this program, when it comes to these sort of things. But if you don't want to have to explain something awkward to your kids, um, you may just want to turn off the radio. Give me like three minutes. But So there's a, there's a new thing. There's a new letter, if you will, in the LGBTQI uh, acronym, if you will. And the latest trend in alternate lifestyles is the autosexual, or people that are attracted to themselves. Um, I... I don't even know, like, there are no words for this one. Um, it's, it's, <sighs> we have reached a point in our culture where you can literally now be classified as an autosexual or someone who isn't attracted to anyone because you're just attracted to yourself. And it's all about me, myself, and I, quite literally, being the only person on the planet. It is amazing how quickly and how far we can fall when we as a culture reject God's design uh, for men and women to where, you know, we... we I'm not going to get into all of the... all of the ways, if you will, but... but how... I don't... Oh. I need a new... I need some ice cream or something because now I'm just sad and depressed after these last two stories. Instead of ice cream, though, let me finish with some good news. First of all, uh, a couple has launched a new safe website for children as an alternative uh, to YouTube for kids and for Netflix. Okay, so this is a, this is a new, uh, if your kids are online, um, 
this couple in Iowa became concerned about the type of content that was available uh, for kids and their children and the negative effects that it was having uh, on, on society. And so this guy, Joseph Sines, and his wife, Bethany, decided to utilize their skills and their backgrounds uh, to create a website for kids that would entertain, educate, and be 100% safe for young minds. They soft-launched this thing. It's a subscription website, okay, because, I mean, nobody else really... Yes, there's YouTube for kids. Uh, there's other children's websites, but they're not, they're failing. Okay, we saw that with, with the Momo situation, with other stuff. This website, it requires you to have a subscription, but the reason it does that is because they are literally running this as their business so that your kids can have a place uh, to go. The, the husband worked in the film industry for uh, over 10 years. Um, the wife studied child development in college. They've been married 11 years. They have two children, a son and a daughter. And uh, they decided to do this at the beginning because they wanted to see a difference uh, in their children. They said they weren't getting good responses uh, from these their kids after... Um, after they would be interacting on what would be considered children's websites, so they decided to make their own. And it's called Bottle Sodes, or as they like to call it, BTV. Now, for those of you that are listeners to Adventures in Odyssey, you may be going, wait a second, yeah. And there's part of me that does the same thing, going, wait a second. But, hey, if they are making this thing work, more kudos to them, all right? Um, the website features a variety of categories, including go outdoors, the arts, calming relaxation, food, crafts and science, family videos, life in the 1800s, and more. The couple is also working on a new child-led series focused on emotional intelligence that will address the basic human emotions of happiness, anger, sadness, fear, and disgust. The videos, every video on the website is personally uploaded by this guy to ensure the safety of the content. It's an $8 monthly subscription or an annual membership uh, for $85. They said they want to, their intention, they simply want a simple, pure website. A simple, pure website. And you can go, you can get a, you can start a free trial. Uh, of of this uh, of this website for your kids, or and see if they like it, see if you like it, and then you know potentially add to it. There's a there's a substantial amount of content on there right now. Obviously, it's not YouTube at this point, but you know it's something that they are starting, that they are trying, that they're experimenting with. And if you are looking for an alternative that is safe for your children. I want to check out BTV or BottleSodes.tv. BottleSodes.tv. All right, last story of the day. Best story of the day by far. And then I will let you go. Born at just 24 weeks, the world's tiniest baby boy ever goes home healthy. You know, as we are here in the United States debating uh, late-term abortion, or as it is better uh, defined, infanticide, where a child could be born uh, a full-born, nine-month-old baby, healthy, set aside, and left to die. And we're calling that an abortion now. 
While that is happening, the world's tiniest baby boy ever recorded. He was born at just 24 weeks. He weighed under 10 ounces. He has now gone home healthy. His name has not yet been released, but he was born by a C-section, weighed just 9.45 ounces, lighter than the previous all-time recorded low uh, for a baby boy set a decade ago. He spent several months at the Kiyo University Hospital in Tokyo. Uh, his family said they doubted at times that he would survive, but the boy was finally released to go home on February 20th and made history in the process. Doctors had performed the emergency C-section in August after the little boy stopped gaining weight in the womb. He then spent five months in the neonatal ICU. The baby's doctor, Dr. Takishi Amorosito, told CNN that when he was born, he needed both a ventilator for respiratory support and an umbilical catheter for infusion therapy. Though he came into the world at under 10 ounces, he went home weighing 7.1 pounds, just slightly under the average birth weight for a child, which is 7.28 pounds. World Health News tweeted out a photo of the tiny baby in celebration of his full release of the hospital and said, quote, a baby boy weighing just 268 grams or 9.45 ounces at birth was sent home after months in a Tokyo hospital, the smallest surviving male baby in the world, Keio University Hospital said. And you can go, it's World Health News, you can see a, a picture of him uh, on their Twitter page. So fantastic uh, that we are seeing a, a life like this championed. And I, I don't think there's this is a coincidence that at a time when, when we are having a conversation uh, in, in the West of, of can we have a full-born baby and put it aside and consider that abortion, that God lets us see this kind of a miracle where a, a less than 10-ounce uh, baby is brought into the world and, and is now going home the size of a newborn infant. I mean, it's incredible. It is amazing what science can do. And it's amazing that this baby, which... At, at the weight that it was in, in our culture would have been uh, very culturally acceptable to abort this child, to kill this child. I love seeing the medical community saying, look at this baby, this tiny baby. Because it is a baby. It's a life. And all life matters. Because all life is a gift from God and without life there's no shot at liberty and that's all the time we have left for today thank you so much for being with us always a great privilege to have you here don't forget to join us for church this Sunday, 9.30 or 11.15 Sunday morning, 6 p.m. Sunday evening. Or if you would like to join us on Wednesday night, our Wednesday night service is at 7 p.m. Our address, 6501 Westlake Me Boulevard. And if you can't be here in person, no worries. You can stream us online by visiting our website at experienceliberty.com or just go like us on Facebook at Liberty Baptist Church of Las Vegas. If you'd like to interact with me online, you can find me on Twitter and Facebook at the Friddle, and we can hang out, have a conversation there. Hey, and oh, side note, thanks to those of you, uh, my dogs were involved in a Twitter uh, bracket, March Madness type thing as to who has the cutest dog on Twitter type thing. Uh, they didn't get very far, but that's okay. You know, I'm, you know, when, when you're in a bracket that includes Nikki Haley's dogs and uh, Governor Abbott from Texas's dogs and other conservative stalwarts across the country you realize that uh, you know just being in the bracket is an honor and uh, 
thanks to those of you that voted for us. We didn't uh, we didn't win. We didn't <laughs> we did not win, but it was it was fun to be part of, and we appreciate those of you that supported uh, our social engagement there. Anyway, tomorrow is Friday. We'll be back with giveaways, fun news, no politics. It's gonna be awesome. Join us then. Have a great day, everyone.